Hello, everybody. Welcome to another riveting edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. I am your host, John, joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Eric. How are you this week? Delicious. Yo, ooh, are you yes. living deliciously? Always. I'm so yeah. excited. So, guys, uh, I don't have to pick any of the movies this month. I say have to. Like, I, like, you know. Don't willingly like, do don't that ju- anyway. Don't <laughs> I like Captain America when the grenade gets thrown. Yeah. I'm just like, me! <laughs> I came in a day with a physical copy of another movie that we're going to be watching, and John was like, nope, we're going to do this instead. <laughs> in all fairness, that's because we have a sick pre-screener it's true. to watch yeah. later today. Yeah, yeah. I'm mostly te- teasing. But yes, it is Eric Month! Eric Month! <laughs> I was thinking about doing that earlier, and I was like, damn, I really wish you had, like, a saw in your name. <laughs> or an awe. Eric Month! <laughs> Just say it like it. That's fine. Ark. Eric. Ark. I mean, that's how they say it, where we're actually going to be today. Right. Where, uh, do you want to introduce your first pick Yeah, this, this month? is uh, one of my favorites, um, The Witch by uh, Robert Eggers, written oh, and directed yes, by, this is bitch. his directorial debut uh, from the sweet, sweet, wonderful time of 2015. <laughs> I didn't realize this was his debut. Yes. That's really sick. Uh-huh. Yep. That's really sick. You got to be like a real one to get A24 to like pick up your, <laughs> your debut. Like, holy shit. And of course, like all the subsequent reviews you kind of got from this as far as like, you know, people that aren't us, like people like Stephen King were like, mm-hmm. this movie was so creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't believe that I was this scared kind of shit. And it was kind of like the whole ethos mm-hmm. for uh, 2015. There were some movies that we really enjoyed out of that because we were looking at those mm-hmm. earlier. You know, you had stuff like Green Room mm-hmm. uh, that had come out in the Vatican. It wasn't tapes. like a crazy year for like the blockbusters. You know what I mean? We didn't have any like all time greats coming out of this year. You know what I mean? But it was still a very solid. Well, as you said, it felt very defining. Right. You know, yeah. and, and uh, after watching it, I can kind of agree and see how that kind of melds the ethos of that year. Mm-hmm. You know, some uh, some horror movie kind of vibes with some historical fiction vibes based on folklore vibes with yeah. incredibly well acted shit. Speaking of. Uh, this was also one Anya Taylor Joy's acting debut. I can't imagine why he picked this movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just throwing that out there as well. So, so why, it, why did you want to kick this month off? Because this? this is kind of I sort of agree with Robert Eggers on this, where I was uh, not like a sheltered kid, but I was one of those people that really didn't gravitate towards horror until my adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did gravitate towards, like Robert, was like scary stories to tell in the dark. Sure. Or shit like that. Or like um, uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow or things like that that were based mostly on like folklore or just storytelling or reading or Mm -hmm. whatever. And it wasn't about watching, you know, people like drop F-bombs and like cut people in half and shit like that in movies. And like, oh, that's so scary. It wasn't very secular. It wasn't like that. It was. But it was also set in a time where um, if you were a woman and you had some form of like postpartum depression or something like that from giving birth to a child, and you were exhibiting signs of like wanting to harm your child, you would just be labeled a witch and you would be killed. Right. You know what I mean? And so there's a lot of like, like not trying to get too like political about it, but there's a lot sure. of truth to this kind of shit in the sense it's that like, almost like it's still happening. Yeah. And the way that it sort of <laughs> plays out in this movie is very, um, historical i mean it's very like that's just kind of the way it was i mean we're talking about like 1630s you know colonies we're Mm -hmm. still part of like the commonwealth at this point and that kind of thing you know and so the church very much still holds sway over morality and politics and Mm -hmm. things like that and so anything that flies 
remotely perpendicular to that is going to be labeled as demonic. Totally. You know, and it's just, I think that that's a great jumping off point for a horror movie because you can tell whatever the fuck you want to tell off of that. <laughs> right. We can be talking about literal witches. We can talk about like literal the devil manifesting himself as a goat, or it can just be a, a great misunderstanding. And sorry about that. You know, we can, <laughs> however you want to shake, uh, shake it down. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, and that's definitely something you know we were talking about talking earlier about how Edgar's really kind of brought that up mm-hmm. where there's really kind of two interpretations of this movie and you can kind of take it in whichever direction you'd like. It's either like the devil is real and he's fucking killing people right, right now or they ate some bad fruit and next thing you know mm-hmm. people are hallucinating and fucking like throwing kids into the woods and sure. all kinds yeah, of yeah. crazy shit. Yeah. And I, I, the one thing I do want to remark on before we get into this, and I'm kind of thinking about it now, is it feels like there's a handful of moments in this movie, and to, to me it feels incredibly intentional, that feel like there are lost moments in time. And not in the aspect of like we have like this grandier jump from one end to the other, but like just to give an example, um, when we have that first scene of the baby disappearing... Mm. And she like goes to cover her eyes and she looks down and there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. We're there for a, a hot second mm-hmm. before we actually look up and see like the tree rattling. And mm-hmm. it just feels like um, if you're on the more cerebral train for this kind of movie, like I think some people might be, it could be interpreted as like maybe she was the one mm-hmm. who ran it up there. And Was all, the kid you know. real at all? Or yeah. what, you know what I mean? <laughs> You know, did things he actually like that. have a penis? Sure, like, sure. <laughs> because did, did that happen over the span of five seconds or did that happen over the span of 20 minutes? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I guess getting into it, uh, yeah. b- first let's go ahead and get our itinerary. Yep. So like I said, Robert Egger is written and directed by, uh, released in 2015. Anya Taylor-Joy as Thomason. We have Ralph Ennison as William. Kate Dickey as Catherine, who you will know from Game of Thrones. Um, Julian Richings as the governor. Harvey Scrimshaw as Caleb. Ellie Granger as Mercy. Uh, Lucas Dawson as Jonas. And a couple of incidentals that play different characters. And I would just go ahead and say Daniel Malik is Black Phillip. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was a relatively small cast. Yep. Other than having like what looks like would be Indiegogo perks. Sure. Just like- <laughs> <laughs> right. I was in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there's five people in this movie. Right. <laughs> it's the same five people just shot from behind <laughs> and like superimposed over. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, AI. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. What was your first impression when you watched this movie for the first time? I saw this one um, in theaters, actually, with some people that I worked with. And so this was it was a very suspenseful before I understood like who Robert Eggers was and what his philosophies Mm -hmm. on making like horror movies and just film in general are. It was you were you're constantly in this place where you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're waiting for the jump scare, the payoff or whatever. And it just doesn't come until the very, very end of the movie. And it's not that the ending wasn't satisfying. It's that you still don't really get that itch scratched if that makes sense and so you're left tense for the entire hour and 32 minutes of this movie you know yeah and i think that that's really effective because it's not about the jump scares it's not about the special effects it's not about the gore or whatever whatever you know whatever we're trying to Mm -hmm. use as the basis for our fear levels you know it's just about dude there's there's shit happening in the woods right behind your house and it's completely unexplainable and you're mm-hmm. going to feel the effects of it every single day right yeah absolutely. You know? and that's really cool so i really enjoyed it i mean i think that it's it's kind of one that i feel like um our generation especially 
because we would have most of us would have at least been in our early to late 20s when this movie came yeah, out and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like the millennial realm and that kind of thing and i don't know anybody that hasn't seen it or hasn't at least heard of it because i believe it was that significant absolutely so and, and uh i will say for for me it was one of those things where i was kind of intrigued by it because i thought it was uh so Zack snyder made a series called the witches for mm-hmm. vertigo comics so i thought that they were like intertwined mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. but <laughs> but watching this movie i will say this is the first time that i watched it all the way through yeah and it's not that i had any kind of disposition to the movie or had anything that i didn't necessarily like about it even it was just one of those things where i think i was drunk and it was slow and i fell asleep you know what i mean right uh and it's also a very gray movie and that's kind of like sleepy mode oh yeah from the aesthetic standpoint you know what i mean (laughs) very like november at 5 30 kind of vibes turn the heat up in your house just a little bit yeah Yeah. grab a blanket Uh, but this was the first time that i watched it all the way through and I have to say, I I did really enjoy it. I, I thought this movie was really good for what it was trying to do. Um, it's still not necessarily my cup of tea, but I do think that this movie hit a lot of points. And like I said earlier, like I do think that this kind of created a big ethos and kind of standard for what horror should be looking like in 2015. Yeah. And they did a really they did beautiful cinematography. Um, the the if if you're into the type of dialogue and the way that they speak in mm-hmm. the 1600s, you'll really enjoy this because I thought it like some of the shit was like really fucking funny and like mm-hmm. very like I love the Marvel as well. <laughs> but shit like that yeah or, or shit like, like one more day in this hovel and like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah or it's flirting with comedy because it's such an appropriate word it's yeah such a, it's such an accurately used and very well chosen word and that kind of thing yeah, yeah. And, and i will say notably i it's it's interesting that you saw this in the theaters because while i was watching this uh that was one of my first thoughts was i wish that i had seen this movie in mm-hmm. theaters instead of watching it on my television because it feels like that it feels like it it's one of those that's so much more immersive mm-hmm. on the big screen your surround sound you have mm-hmm. like because and that was kind of it. it like it's not that the score wasn't there because it was mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like creepy string sounds mm-hmm. and a lot of like super immersive uh music writing but i would love to feel like the crackling of them running through the woods mm-hmm. behind me and shit mm-hmm. like that the like, branches I, it, moving it, yeah. around you and that kind of it just feels you like do kind of get different. this it did and you kind of got this feeling that like the devil is close when you're watching this right. shit, you know what I mean? It was, it was like I was saying, you're sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop the whole time. I need that jump scare to relieve this tension because yeah. it's nothing but tension. You have absolutely no mm-hmm. idea what's happening, what's not really happening. Cause there are, like you said, moments of hallucination in this shit. Mm-hmm. There are sometimes babies just disappear without explanation mm-hmm. and shit. So you don't know what's real and what's not, you know? Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about it too, as we move through the plot, but there's a lot of subversive dialogue from our main character, Thomas, and which is mm-hmm. meant to, I think, like, sort of steer the conversation away from what, mm-hmm. you know, and create fear and that kind of thing, but also within the audience as yeah. well. You know, I mean, you even had that comment when we get to that sequence I'm talking about. Where <laughs> you're like, so is she the witch or not? Yeah. You know? <laughs> And Is that's she really cool. Villain splaining right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's just it's good shit. So I agree. I think this should be kind of like a factory standard for the way, especially if you want to lean into like a more artsy take on horror. And mm. it's not just about let's make a classic looking slasher. You know, and if this sure. is the storytelling vibe you're going for, I think this is a really good place to start. Yeah. This this kind of hit me 
in the way that the village wanted to be. Sure. You know, as as far as like the vibe mm-hmm. of it all, with honestly a better payoff at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coming for you, Shamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> The, the way this starts is very similar to what you would imagine would be happening in the 1600s. As all of these stories do. Yeah. yeah. And we're having a community trial mm-hmm. in what I thought was, I, honestly, I thought it was a church at first. Mm-hmm. Um, Same thing. Yeah. Because it's church, a town hall. Courthouse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and what, and I will say, William, that's his name, mm-hmm. right? The yep. father. Yep. Was actually my favorite character from right off mm-hmm. the bat. In this movie. Because he drops a hotline yeah. <laughs> real, real quick. <laughs> While he's sitting here being judged by this community, mm-hmm. he says, I will not be judged by false Christians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot judge me, I think is what he says. Uh, which yeah. was which was funny because to me because like looking at it from like a millennial perspective, it's like, oh, well, I mean, if they, you were black, they'd have just killed you. <laughs> <laughs> if they thought you were a witch, they'd have just... I was going to... Yeah. If you were a white female, they would yeah. have just killed you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he like, you know, white justice aside, right. uh, he stands by his convictions that he is living in a community mm-hmm. that lives by a false pretense of mm-hmm. what he believes to be Christianity. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of shown later in the movie, which is really cool, especially mm-hmm. for like that time, because they made it so that it still made sense. Mm-hmm. You sure. know? It, it never felt like it was trying to be trite or something that it wasn't. It felt like there was still love in mm-hmm. this man to, to some degree. And of course, like his wife next to him is like, we're going to fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that I like about this is we've already established those parameters that are so necessary when you're talking about religious horror, that the fallacy of Christians is that they believe at all times that they are righteous mm-hmm. regardless of whether they are or not. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter if he's like, hey, you false Christians, judge me. I'm just going to leave. He still is stuck in his own self-righteousness mm-hmm. and that's going to be his downfall ultimately. And it turns out to be as we move through the story. So I love that we start on that basis. Yeah. You know, this is we're talking about straight up American, like 1600s <laughs> folklore here. You know what I mean? He did it all for the nookie. <laughs> right. <laughs> So we have um, made our way, the family has made their way to a plot of land along a tree line. Um, William and uh, Kate pray and they bless the land mm-hmm. or whatever. It's divine providence. This is going because to be our William farmstead. William and his family have been banished. Banished <laughs> from the uh, town itself, yes. <laughs> so they move about five miles down the road. <laughs> they find some land and they just own it now, I they, guess. <laughs> they were on the buggy singing a song and all I could think of myself was like, I am so glad that there was a score for this movie because yeah. otherwise it's just people just like... What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? <laughs> While this is going going on presumably they like there's a little time skip and they've built a couple of buildings there's a house there's a kind of a workshop shed slash slaughterhouse slash goat farm building you know what like I, one more building that has like presumably a, an outhouse or something it's got like two-thirds of the roof just aren't there yeah <laughs> and i'm like how long does it take it's you got to a hang? sunroof sky there's called skylights in buildings i'm sorry sunroofs Dude, are in si- cars si- yes yeah. well <laughs> No, it's still a sun room. <laughs> the 1630s architecture was wild. Right. right. 
Ironically, they didn't grow enough corn to cover the, <laughs> the roof, the thatches of their house. Yes. Yeah. So we're in like 1630s New England and like they're trying to now make their own homestead mm-hmm. because luckily, instead of, again, all of them getting slaughtered, they've been banished from from whatever commune. Which, they as in. we find out, is much worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we meet Thomason. She's praying for forgiveness for her sins. My first impression of this sequence was I thought that this was more significant than it is. Mm-hmm. I really do believe after seeing it three or four times now that this is just her starting her day with the prayer to establish mm-hmm. early on that she is a believer and Puritan beliefs. There is kind of always that thing where you, sure. want, if you're a witch, you can't say the Lord's prayer. You know what I mean? So she's praying and everything and really sure. establishing that I am not a witch at this point mm-hmm. in the story. Right. So she goes outside. We meet mom again. She's holding uh, baby Samuel and gives him over to Thomason. Uh, and they start playing like a peekaboo game, entertain the baby while mom mm-hmm. does whatever the fuck mom needs to do, you know, and that kind of thing. Because she's done breastfeeding, which is what this actress does in almost Just everything. routinely. <laughs> I know. You appear motherly. <laughs> In shape and form. <laughs> um, Not the shape and form. And so while playing uh, Peekaboo, um, Thomason uh, actually, uh, what, what I think is funny is she goes, Boo, there you are. You know, kind of mm-hmm. like a, I'm acknowledging that yeah. you're still here and that kind of thing, which is kind of one of the mark that kind of cues. <laughs> you know what I mean? She does it again. And this time Samuel has disappeared. As you pointed out, she looks up at the tree line and there's leafless tree, incidentally, a dead tree. <laughs> mark that kind of waving in the wind. Sort of you hear the branches ca- like crackling mm-hmm. against others and things like that. And so it's very much in motion. And she goes headlong into the woods. Right. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, such a weird scene to me. And I'm sure that was completely intentional Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but i'm sorry cutting a baby's penis off right (laughs) it's just fucking weird it's not scary to me i'm just kind of sitting there like okay well she just got a handful of baby dick Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there is a physical witch yeah so there is very much a physical witch in these woods this is not thomason this is not anything imaginary (laughs) so and and here was the part that really kind of like threw me for a loop for a minute and it was the fact that so she has like the deepest mortar and pestle i've seen in my entire life dog that was a butter (laughs) 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 churner. so i was like did she is she just like muddling the the baby penis Mm. into it and you look up in the side and i was like you know there's like chunks and blood and shit around the rim Mm -hmm. and i was just thinking to myself that baby was hung like a horse (laughs) (laughs) eric was like no he's dead (laughs) i was like damn yeah that could have been one more satisfactory thing on earth in the 1630s (laughs) Was was what that baby would have grown up to be? <laughs> because the the weird the weird. My name part is me, Oscar Meyer. Because <laughs> the weirdest part to me of this entire movie is like I get it's the 1630s. There was not a single person of a color that wasn't transparent. Oh, I know. In, in that whole I know. movie, yeah. Like there weren't any slaves for the period piece. There yeah. weren't like any red people which i get to say that (laughs) even though she said it later she was like my daughter acting like one of these savages the line that got me in regards to that you remember that one summer where he was tormented by indian magic (laughs) 
That's just bad medicine, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the point that I made, though, was I was like the natives, the indigenous people on this land, obviously know there's a witch in that woods, so no, they're not going to like check you on this land here. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. we, we're good. <laughs> yeah, white Y'all people, have fun with that. White people came here, and there's witches over there now. Right. I really we're don't good. feel like dealing yeah. with that. 100%. Um, so she's muddling these baby guts to like <laughs> fucking just spread all over uh-huh. her body. Mm-hmm. And there's like, I-, I will say this was a really cool, more or less opening sequence to me because I really, really, really enjoyed the subsequent cinematography that came from the end of this scene. I was going to say that moon, that moon glow. Yeah. 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 I was like, damn it. Like, do you ever wonder if like you're looking up at a moon and if the witch is looking up at the same moon as you, mm-hmm. <laughs> we share the same sky, yeah. <laughs> one sky, one destiny. <laughs> and, it, and this is honestly a moment. It took me a second to like kind of understand the cinematography because the, the focus was very much on the moon and not necessarily background, but like the wooding around uh, the witch. Mm-hmm. And it took me a second to realize that she was floating. Mm-hmm. It was, it wasn't actually like she had a stick or a stave or whatever, mm-hmm. because it felt like she was building like a lean to mm-hmm. at some point after she covered herself in blood. Mm-hmm. And then, like... Carpentry plus 12. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, Skyrim's crazy. Yeah. That baby did come from a lumberjack. <laughs> well, let's think about it. <laughs> Big timber. Uh, so, watching her float up into the moon shot. Super, was, super was eerie. So, yeah. It was, it was so cool. Like It was, it was so also crispy. beautiful at the yeah. same time, yeah. Because, um, like, she was out of focus that entire shot. Uh-huh. And... It took me a minute to actually enjoy and appreciate that. It right. did because it was something different. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much like, you know, I was talking about Final Summer and the background in most of that movie is out of focus, mm-hmm. which was weird to me. But it's 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 once you settle into what they're trying to do, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And I really, really actually like that. Sure. Because <laughs> all the hits are here. We've got like autumn winter. You know, <laughs> we've got a full moon. We've got a naked old hag in the middle of the woods. <laughs> just made a blood sacrifice of a virgin child you know what i mean triple h's let's go i know touching her fucking knees (laughs) (laughs) why is it always like the old crones that get to live forever and have you know, titties you like know, that? You know what I mean? It was like barbarian all over <laughs> yeah. again. I'm like, where do those titties yeah. come from? Yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing that struck me about this. I don't I don't know about like folklore was witchcraft. Was a theme in this movie? It feels like it was. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, we can... <laughs> yeah. Puritans. There, There's that mother nurturing aspect. Of, I don't know, dude. I'm just uh, bullshitting. Uh, I, don't yeah, know. I was going to say, that is not what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, fast forward a little bit. Um, so, William and... Uh, okay, morning comes and we meet Caleb for the first like real time with his on his yeah. time on screen. He's sort of navigating the younger, younger, he, brother, the oldest John. male child, He's but se- like Thomason's younger. He's brother. second in line. Right. Okay, <laughs> exactly. So he is sort of meandering his way over all the uh, bedrolls and everything where everybody is kind of shacked up on this top floor, which I guess that's just the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why when having an option to build your home with limitless timber, you don't give everybody their own room. I'd, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just the way architecture worked in the 1630s and they were minimalists. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but um, while he's navigating, he he moves towards his sister who's kind of, she's clearly like having a bad dream. You can hear mom crying. She knows that Samuel's dead and everybody is sort of like that. Presumably like the first sleep or the first week or whatever yeah. after this has happened. Um, and he has this moment and I don't know how much you want to talk about this, but I'm kind of I'm interested in it just from a standpoint of like, I wonder how real this shit was where he he notices that she is developing into a woman Mm -hmm. and we all know what that means. I don't think I have to spell it out any clearer, Um, but he sort of lingers his, his gaze sort of lingers on her like exposed chest and she's not naked, but she's very much in her pajamas. She's not all modested up. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And he kind of like reaches down and touches her and it stirs her awake. And he kind of has that. No, it's just a dream. Go back to sleep. That every rapey person in history is, you know what I mean? I compared it a lot <laughs> to the scene in uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween when yeah. like Michael Myers like reaches out and like just feels her sister's, yeah. his sister's butt for a minute. It's mad like, uncomfortable. Ew, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude. Uh, dude. Yep. I'm sorry for saying the R word. It just kind of came out. But no, what I'm my point being is that it's like it's very clear that he is also growing into a man and has has curious thoughts. I, think, I don't know. I think the way I put it was this boy needs to be in public school. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly what you said. So that was super weird. But I wonder how much truth there is to that historically. Like if that's sure. those are the first titties I remember seeing. I know that's my sister, but <laughs> that'll be a good clip for the trailer. <laughs> Just go ahead, somebody clip that for me and send it to me. Um, but yeah, so he makes his way downstairs. Like I said, mom's crying, and dad's already outside, sort of prepared with like the long rifles and <laughs> the uh, long the the fucking like. <laughs> How would you describe them? That bitch touched next Tuesday. That <laughs> right. shit was like six feet fucking long. <laughs> All the way to Kansas. Dude, I'm fucking Kansas you. City, that is. <laughs> you look like if you fell on that gun, you would die, and the gun didn't even go off. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they are going to go look for Samuel slash mostly they, go oh, look for food because the gun i remember this now the the gun was actually named shane diesel oh. so. <laughs> got it yes yes Sorry, <laughs> so we um, were reminiscing about old porn earlier oh uh, yeah yeah tory black hit us up um we have some uh we got some questions <laughs> But uh, no, they go Weirdly, into the woods. They're all horror related. <laughs> Effectively, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Uh, effectively, <laughs> Dad William has has made his peace with the fact that, like, dude, he's gone, man. Like, if a wolf didn't get him, he would have starved to death at this point. It's been days. He's a fucking baby that's been taken acceptance in this period was insane it was insane and so he's having this conversation while they're sort of navigating through the trees and everything looking at their traps that they've laid down which most of which have all failed in fact i think all of them because none of them were baited baited. (laughs) and um caleb has an existential moment which really reminded me of bridge to terabithia and it's only because this is my first instance of experiencing that is when you have that question of somebody that you love dearly as a christian has not been baptized are they in hell and dad has the real fucking most like cool christian answer i've ever heard in my life it's so funny to people but like it's so it's it's so it's so real to me because this is kind of how my dad was where he caleb's like is he in hell he wasn't baptized and dad's like maybe i don't know (laughs) it's not up to me you know we can only do the best we can with the time that we're given and hope for the best i guess (laughs) you know (laughs) it's basically the long and short of it 
um, during this, which is again, because I compare it to people that are like, you know, and you will have your salvation and you will be delivered from your sin. I don't like man's no more. (laughs) (laughs) All this kind of shit that nobody who, who could possibly like with good conscience say that. Yes, your soul is forever going to be like in the, you know what I mean? Right. In the kingdom of heaven. You don't know that. Yeah. I don't, I don't care how like faithful you are or of faith you are. You know what I mean? It's stupid. During this time, he also admits to Caleb that all this gear, all this like academy sports and outdoor shit we're rocking today came from the fact that I stole and sold your mother's cup, her silver cup, which was a gift from her father. Mm-hmm. So it's presumably her only, I've been saying presumably a lot today. It's probably only her, her only possession that has any value in that hovel. I would imagine. Yes. And so it's significant because this is where we start to see his character begin to break for the, the his self-righteousness and his will and his ego and right. things like that are for, are, are creating a narrative where he's doing things that he normally wouldn't and do in order to prove to those fuckers in the town that mm-hmm. he's a real Christian and he can provide for his family and everything. So the fall of the dad begins here as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's it's funny because it's for for me personally in the way that I view things like it was a rise and a fall at the same time sure. because the rise in this scene was very much like what you were talking mm-hmm. about um but for me when he's talking about how he doesn't know and just putting it to the wayside bluntly very bluntly, mm-hmm. it reinforced that very first scene because if he thinks True. like that, that means that everybody else that was chastising him has a political agenda mm-hmm. and they're using it to control people. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, this dude is an anarchist mm-hmm. and I'm on his fucking team. Right. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Especially in that hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that hat. That was some Guy Fox shit he was rocking, dude. Oh, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Dude, put a buckle on a hat and uh-huh. I don't also, know. <laughs> happy November the fifth, everybody. We're we're one day removed for November the fifth, and I think we'll just go ahead and shout that out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's uh one of our favorite holidays mm-hmm. because we don't uh, celebrate it for the observance of what people celebrate it for, but <laughs> Happy V Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, so we are um, we we kind of, that's sort of the long and short of it. They they see a hair out there, and the hair is only significant to again establish uh, hairs traditionally are symbols of of demonic presence or satanic presence more sure. specifically, and that kind of thing. In in this day and age, historically speaking, and while he uh, loads his long rifle. <laughs> Oh he uh, it, oh it sparks God. the the gunpowder and the spark backfires into his face directly into his eye. The shot clearly misses. It. Yeah, <laughs> and they will go meatless once again for another night. Right. Uh, yeah. Thank God for unleavened bread. I know. And it was funny because he like <laughs> later on in the movie he's talking about how like we're gonna grow wheat here, and I was like, why didn't you start with that? Or more importantly, why didn't you grow shit that grows underground? You're in New England right. in the fucking, mm-hmm. like, winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the winter. The de- winter. <laughs> I love his new album. Drop the winter. The winter. Um, so we come back as failures and what, and that was kind of one of the things that I kind of loved about this movie is like every instance of anything that anyone in this family tries to do is just a complete It's just failure. a waste of time. Yeah, and it, it doesn't yeah. even feel like it's demonic. It just no. feels like they suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Because I, I can imagine that was crazy. Like, I was reading Walden all weekend, and I was, um, like, struck by the fact that, like, he's providing, he's self-reliant enough to do all this shit for himself. That dude 100% still walked into town and got food and stuff, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, absolute reliance off the land, even though, it, like, as, oh, yeah. as a single family without a community to come together. Some of them are better hunters than others. Some of them are better gardeners than others. And thing. Would, yeah. helping you out would be damn near impossible. Right. You know, so you're already, like, the odds are stacked against you. But we yeah. have faith, and that means... We'll be okay. I've got Jesus and celery. When we get home, the twins are talking to a demon goat. And Black Philip. Black Philip. Mark him. So he is uh, clearly pissed off at them. Like he's like rearing and bucking and things mm-hmm. like that, standing on his back feet and shit. And like basically, dad's like, all right, look, if we don't put this goat up, my kids are about to get, you know, ice. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he goes and he grabs the goat, puts the goat in the pen and everything. And mom comes out and mom's like, where were thee? Where hath thou been? You know, and that kind of shit. And the boy lies to mom. I saw an apple in the valley, an apple tree in the valley. I thought I'd pick them for you as a surprise because you're grieving. <laughs> and then I got lost with apples and i don't have the apples right. anymore <laughs> i lied <laughs> i'm a liar <laughs> you know what mom um i gotta tell you <laughs> i just made all that up and i'm not really sure why hello everyone i hope you're enjoying this week's episode if you would like to be able to support us some of the best ways to do that are by leaving us a review preferably a good one on whatever streaming service you are listening to right now that helps our algorithm and boosts us in as well as liking or pre-saving our episodes if you would like to be able to support us directly the best way to do that is by joining our patreon the lowest price at three dollars a month which gives you access to commercial free exclusive interviews bonus episodes and a plethora of other things we definitely have other uh, standard levels as well however that is in fact the cheapest and easiest way to help us so thank you guys so much for listening today either way thank you for the support if you'd like to know anything that's coming up event wise for us make sure to follow us on instagram at under the floorboards five again that's under the floorboards five and check out our patreon at patreon.com backslash under the floorboards see you there enjoy the show so there they have a little bit of an exchange basically thomason it's thomason's fault that all of this is happening according to mom Naturally. um so mom she does have a vagina so right Ma- thomason is forced by mother to strip her father down take his clothes to the river to the river and uh clean them I guess that's punishment. Covered maybe that's just shit. maybe that's just one of your daily duties as the eldest female child as you clean your father's clothes. It kind of seems like that's the case. Yeah, so and that's kind of the extent of that. Woman, my clothes are covered right. in the ni- or the 1630s. <laughs> <laughs> so at the riverbank or the creek bed or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um she is there with Caleb now who's sort of just like pondering reality. He's he's thinking about uh, that's one way to put he's it. He's thinking about puberty. Um, he's That's thinking, also another way to put it. He's thinking about her tits, <laughs> which is most because he sort of gives her that side eye, and she's like kind of playful with it. Again, I guess that's just the way it was. Oh, what you looking at, Caleb? Oh, I knew this day would come, Caleb. Come on, give them a good look. You know? <laughs> Biological brother, what are you doing to me? <laughs> 
like that I went Irish. Like, I know. I can't. I can't do no, you know, like, no, it's, like it's Plymouth be- Rock voice. Dude, I don't. I don't know what that it's is. Literally because call like the, them being colonizers, right. they literally had the accents of everything. <laughs> right. Like because there were points where I was like, I know that like most of this cast is English. Uh-huh. Why am I hearing Scottish and Irish accents throughout this fucking Some movie? Etymological bouillabaisse. <laughs> bouillabaisse. <laughs> so yeah, she she's sort of like they're teasing and playing with each other and that kind of thing. I think she's like they're not, tickling each other. Yeah, dude. teasing and playing it's, with each other. And she even like holds him and like holds his head up against her chest and everything too. And he's like, oh. and he like he like he like he like way relaxes, dude. <laughs> like that full body, every muscle just detensified. <laughs> I think that the gr- grossest moment in this entire movie, and mind you, this is a m- movie where they cut a baby's penis off and yeah. muddle him in a fucking pester- mortar and pestle, mm-hmm. was when he goes over and sits in her lap. Yeah. Like, because yeah. it's not even like, yeah. it wasn't sexual to her, but it was sexual right. to him. Right. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like right. as someone that has a sister, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was just like, what the fuck is, <laughs> what is wrong with you? And that's what I'm saying. I would love to know historically how real that shit is oh, because sure. I can't imagine. That's why he needed public school. He I thought can't those imagine. Were the only I boobs know on earth that he was ever going to see. And it was her or nobody. <laughs> if anybody's going to fuck my sister, it's going to be me. I use that as an in. <laughs> While this is happening, Mercy, the uh, female twin, mm-hmm. is. Uh, oh, I'm a witch. Oh, look at me, a broomstick. Clackle, clackle, clack. And you were like, this is me in Target. Will you uh, you want to dive into that oh, a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I wanted to hear this story. So if anybody ever wants to go to like any form of like Target or Walmart or whatever with me, I, according to my partner, I would suggest not doing that because I am a person that, yes, I am very calm and collected and reserved most of the time. And I fucking hate being bored <laughs> when I walk into places like that. I'm the dude who who's like playing air guitar on the rugs and like hiding in the clothing racks. I'm a 30 year old man <laughs> to this day. Oh yeah. Are, are you the, um, I'm going to grab a ball out of the ball cage and throw it as far as I can to, are... no, I don't throw it. I do like basketball moves. And, oh, okay. Like, you know, I'm yeah, like yeah. dribbling between my legs and shit. Right. And, like ollie ooping on people that I don't know. <laughs> Dunking in people's carts. <laughs> you got a ball now. bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heard on that. I also just like stand in the toy section and stare at stuff, like even stuff that I'm never going to buy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Polly Pockets. Right. <laughs> so I was looking at Polly Pockets in the toy aisle for 30 minutes, right? I guess that actually kind of makes me look like a fucking pedo in these targets. I should probably like calm down on that. Well, maybe there's something to be said about what your uh, significant other is saying. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> Living your best life. I love it. No Starbucks necessary, by the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This dude drinks Vietnamese coffee. I mean, well, sometimes. Yeah. I've realized that I have leaky gut, so I oh, don't. Okay, gotcha, yeah. <laughs> so that's a special treat. Just alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Build a base layer of bread in your stomach first. And Mostly V8. <laughs> <laughs> Eric walks in today, he's like, I respect the like Costco amount of V8 yeah. that you have in your uh, my boy bought a 28-pack of V8 cans. Trying to get my fucking vegetables in, baby. I love it. I put a can in there myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to heat it up and make soup. <laughs> you just put it over the fire and wait for it to pop. <laughs> <Right>. Done. <laughs> 
Oh, that's delicious. Sprinkling cheese over top of it. Hot carrot juice and Parmesan. Let's get it. Honestly, it's the celery that comes it's forward. The celery. That I, that and I see, really the like. celery never comes forward, dude. Really? Because I, yeah. I feel like I taste the celery. Really? I fuck with that shit so yeah. hard because of the I celery. I fuck with celery hard, too. Yeah. I just don't feel like it has any flavor. See, I, you gotta put you're more, the chef. You gotta you're put, the chef. You got to put more salt on your celery, man. <laughs> <laughs> sea salt celery. Heard. Sea salt celery. Sea salt. Speaking of, that was another thing. Like, I'll talk about this for just a second. Like, I get that they were trying to do traps and, like, find animals and shit. I don't know how they planned on preserving it because, again... They have no salt. They have no salt. (laughs) Everyone here is a failure. Right. They have no temperature control. Like... Mm -hmm. There's a fucking roof missing on this building. Because, dog, <laughs> I would have mastered salt by this point and be making, like, bear prosciutto. <laughs> right, right, right. The town would be building around you. They would have been exiting. <laughs> and like, um, Yo, I don't care if he's a shitty Christian. He can fucking cook, yeah. bro. <laughs> and interestingly enough, actually, um, this is just on the bear topic. I, le- yeah. I learned this when I was... Uh, I was part of the Wind Clan, which was like made up of like Lakotas and Muskogee mm-hmm. and a couple Choctaw. And apparently, if you render down bear fat, because we were like, we had this thing and it was, dude, it's the craziest shit I've seen in my entire life. It is literally a fucking giant beam that is made into a triangle so that you can sit at the top of it like you know you'd need like a uh, 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 fucking bar stool or something mm-hmm. like that but essentially what it is for is so that you can take like bear or deer or whatever and once you trim everything out of it like you clean all the meat out and all that kind of stuff you can take the hide <clears throat> flip it over it and you can peel all the fat out uh-huh. because then you'll take the hide and soak that in wood ash because that acid just releases all of the hair from it mm. But you can take that bear fat and dog that shit waterproofs shit. Cool. My moccasins are waterproof. <laughs> nice. <dog. laughs> People out here walk around in Chanel like mm-hmm. a bunch of fucking bitches. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Just go kill a fucking bear. Just what go the... kill a bear, yeah. you fucking bitch. <laughs> Even though apparently this trap was ultimately set for a wolf. Was yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand. With their cute little border collie. Because, they, yeah, they talked about like how, yeah, right. <laughs> they, they talked about like how much the wolf pelt was worth. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. That's like a quarter of a rug. Mm-hmm. That's like maybe mm-hmm. a shoe back you can then. You can make a pant leg. <laughs> That's just extra badass tokens. It's like, yeah, it's a wolf. <laughs> It's like when you're playing RPGs, but you don't have the matching set yet, so you just you just look fucking homeless. <laughs> Literally, always me and Monster Hunter. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. When got- you get to like level whatever, and you can make it all the same color, you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Why do you have Wraithlow's boots and Lagacrust chest? <laughs> the stats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. This has critical eye. This one has mastery. This is. <laughs> Not even a G rank yet, bro. Hop yeah. off my jock. <laughs> Monster Hunter World Two did get announced, Ooh. so it's going to be world style, Ooh. but on next gen. I can't wait. That's great because I hated the last one. Oh, really, Rise? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Hated yeah. Rise. Yeah. Rise. Rise took me back to like like handheld like DS era Monster Hunter. See, but I would rather that was my thing was I was playing that on PC. 
and I so that was shitty. And, yeah, so it was shitty. And that awful. was like playing a Game Boy Advance game on your yeah, computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Whereas I would much rather just play. I still have three. Yeah, and my fucking uh uh what do they call it? Playpad Pro. Nice. The like extra thing because like they didn't design the original 3ds with an extra stick. But yeah, they were like, hey, uh-huh. you can buy one. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, I'm that guy. Yeah. Because I'm sure you were too. Where you have like the decked out Game Boy Advance that's got 30 different components. It to was it. so stupid. <laughs> it was so stupid. Because the SP came out and I was like, oh, sick. <laughs> well, that was just when I realized that backlighting wasn't essential from now on. Oh, the absolutely. same way as it is with any other screen in history, except for the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> no part of me believes that they didn't know that. Ahead of 100%. Time. That was like when it's Apple. Steve jo- yeah, yeah, it's when, the Steve yeah, Jobs when they took away the headphone jack and sold it to you as an accessory. Congratulations, <laughs> lizards. <laughs> Meanwhile, later that night at dinner, um, everybody is, oh, we've got fucking bread, but the Lord provideth in and everything. So Catherine is like, okay. Hey, Thomason, did you steal my silver cup? <laughs> She's like, nay, mother, give me your love. And she's like, nay, you stole in my cup. Also, for being Puritans, that was the most Jewish bread I have ever seen. A hundred percent. That was that. Well, it was also that like Amish friendship bread that recycles itself. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It really just kind of looked like non, but yeah. like shitty. <laughs> Why is the bread flat, Chucky? Did you happen to forget to put yeast in it? Yeah, probably. But look on the bright side. We invented matzah. <laughs> I haven't had real butter since I was a little girl. (laughs) I can't believe it's butter. (laughs) So dad's kind of like, I took it, but I'm not going to say anything now. I'm just going to let my daughter get berated by her mother here in front of the rest of the family. And so like night falls and mom is all like, oh, the son is dead and Jesus has abandoned us and our daughter has stolen my cup. You know, she's just Shrek now, apparently. <laughs> and he's like, call mother, peace. Mothers have layers. <laughs> what was funny to me about this sequence is that they were debating sending Thomas into another family to go right. work. Okay, so if they had been excommunicated from their village. I'd have bought Anna Jailer. <laughs> what family is she going to go to that's going to have any respect for her whatsoever? Because, again, this is based on where what people think of you determines what your morality actually is right part of like history and worth right overall. and because you're related to a dude who went against the church and the town and the government all at the same time why would she be accepted into another family are there other farmsteads and homesteads because that implies that they could just get food from them right you know what i mean so it's kind of it's kind of strange um anyway the children are all over here in this conversation and Catherine is actually like verbally for the first time admitting to herself that she believes that samuel is in hell mm-hmm. validating caleb's feelings caleb decides to take this opportunity to go in the he, is. he was an unbaptized yeah. baby that's exactly where 100 that's why texas is right <laughs> so- <laughs> i'm fucking kidding by the way guys like, i felt like all 20 of our listeners go <gasps> i know 19 they haven't made it this far 20 haven't made it this far um so he caleb takes it upon himself to like okay fuck this they need a man of the house my dad sucks i'm gonna go find the baby and i'm gonna bring back food right and thomason's like take me with thee take me along you know take me away (laughs) and he's like no and she's like if you don't i'm gonna tell mom and he's like okay the scene cuts she's on the horse yeah i'll scream (laughs) right (laughs) 
So they're meandering their way through the woods, right? Caleb and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy on the horse. Yeah, and this was one where I kind of had this moment where... So the hair comes back, right? Yes. My moment comes in where Caleb's like, uh, the collie runs off. And he's like, I got to go get the collie. And like Anya's like, she literally says something along the lines of like, oh, it's erratic. And like the horse is just <laughs> and the, horse, the, the horse has an existential crisis. <laughs> just like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but when Kay- Caleb, tro- I'm so fucking scared right now. <laughs> So this this horse had reins on it, but it also had a lead, which is already kind of weird. Um, but when Caleb runs off to chase the collie that is chasing the hare, my first thought was that something much more detrimental was about to happen. Like, I thought that the horse was going to step on the lead and, like, snap its own neck and just, <laughs> right. Right. And just fall over on... That feeling right there <laughs> is how you feel the entire first time you watch yes. this in a theater, yes. where you're waiting for something <laughs> crooked and backward and fucking demonically possible to, like, go to, only through you know satanism is this possible <laughs> right so that's just what it is i was saying because when i felt satanatry when i felt uh anya come back like to consciousness i kind of felt more like uh uh like kanye was playing in the background <laughs> but like bound right you're crying Yes, exactly. So, speaking of falling in love, while he's in the woods, we get our first look at what looks like, like if, and this is one of the things that I really loved about the set Mm -hmm. design. I thought the set design was amazing overall in this movie, but this is my favorite part because the hovel that the witch was living in literally felt like it was stripped out of a grim tale. This was straight up like that Hansel and Gretel shit. Yes. And the woman in there was 100% Mother Gothel from Tangled. (laughs) (laughs) So hot. Just so young and supple. (laughs) It was the first B cup that this kid had <laughs> right. ever seen. A whole new world. <laughs> oh my god! He's he's leveling you're, up. <laughs> like if he could if if he could talk, he would be like, "Oh my god, you're as hot as my sister." Right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, my sister's way hotter than you. Because <laughs> there was this like really uncomfortable moment, right? Where um, so now that like Anya's kind of like making her way back to because she's like fuck that yeah absolutely <laughs> she's like i'm gonna scream for 10 minutes and see if he's here and now nope. we get like going back home which i love i love the cinematography in that like i love those like it, it's so suspiria mm-hmm. like when they're yeah, yeah. when they're going through those very sharp uh very skinny tree lines mm-hmm. i love that mm-hmm. kind of shit yeah i think it's because it makes it feel like it like it kind of goes a little faster than it is. I also know precisely what it is for me. It's a nostalgia thing for me because it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Sure. It's the hinterlands on the, on the way up to like the hollow uh, holiday hill. All those mm-hmm. little skinny ass little Tim Burton trees everywhere and everything. That's exactly what it reminds me of is like. Well, and I think what's interesting is like, as some of you know, like I'm editing my first short film right now and I feel as though. One thing I've realized about myself throughout this process is I hate stagnant He's shots. He's gay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about how many. First of all, I thought I thought it was about how many people I had sex with, not how many dicks I sucked. <laughs> 37. Holy 
God. <laughs> so there. You hate stagnant shots. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I do. I, I don't get to call you gay very often. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Usually I'm the one to call me gay. <laughs> Only I can beat me. <laughs> Off, <laughs> but uh, I, I I've realized this about myself, and that's why I really enjoy shots like this. It's very like dynamic. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's very dynamic without having to change your zoom or right. where you're at or make a cut to something else. It feels like it's consistently mm-hmm. going. It doesn't matter if you have a wide angle, yeah, or like a really oh, narrow hate, focus. You know what I mean? The thing yeah. is, like, I've realized that I hate front forward wides uh-huh. too because it gives me that feeling yeah kind of that and, wes anderson really yeah. static flat shit yeah, yeah. I and mean, i love wes anderson but i I, I, I know that that's not your favorite like yeah. <laughs> cup of, especially for a moment where this is like this is the second time now mm-hmm. that she's experienced her failure in protecting somebody she was supposed to look after mm-hmm. during this this shit right right yeah. and, and like again the the cinematography that led up to this scene i thought was so fucking cool and I was completely taken out of it by the fact that they made a 32-year-old woman make out with an 8-year-old boy. <laughs> right, right. And then grip him with a big, like, hag raven hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> From the back of the oh head and everything. Oh, my God. Also worth mentioning is that Fowler dies. Fowler, the, do- the dog, gets uh, disemboweled. It was the um, saddest and it was cra- part of this it, movie. It was crazy because he was 100% still alive when Caleb finds him, too. I looked at Eric and I was like, he's still alive. <laughs> shoot him. Shoot him with your long rifle <laughs> that's what i was like dude fucking kill your dog yeah be be the hero he deserves right <laughs> it blows now. back in his eye <laughs> ah! <laughs> the gun just explodes <laughs> at least the cup would still work <laughs> i was i was so i was so upset by this dog scene and usually like i don't really give a fuck about like anything that happens in a movie but it was the fact that this dog was more disemboweled than most people I've seen in movies. Sure, yeah. And yeah. like, he's just like, mm, and I'm like, I know. you're not gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so now we move back to the house, and we're, yeah. of course, like in ultra gaslight mode. William is like, this is on me. I'm gonna take care of this. Mm. And mom's like, it's fucking raining, and you don't have a horse or a dog or a weapon. What are you going to do tonight <laughs> that's gonna be productive? And like you were talking about the gaslighting, right? Because this is the point where mom Mm -hmm. is like, and how about my cup, Thomason? What about my fucking cup? (laughs) And then you like go outside. He's like, you're a liar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because his the the his self righteousness again the theme of the father is kind of that like that not like a Sisyphus kind of thing but in in terms of the fact that he's destined to fail yeah because of his because of his self righteousness Mm -hmm. because of his faith and things like that he refuses to look at things objectively take them out of the context of the present and put them in God's hands and that kind of thing which is not what you need to be doing regardless of how religious you are if you've lost because you're still on Earth right. Especially if you've lost two sons to some entity that exists in the woods. You know what I mean? Regardless right of what you believe woods in. Woods two, God we're, zero. Right. <laughs> no, we're, we're building bow and arrows at this point. We're teaching our kids how to shoot during the day and that kind of thing. If you see anything weird, kill it. You know, <laughs> we're doing bow staff right, training. Right. We're making spears. 100%. Let's get down to business. <laughs> to defeat the woods. <laughs> <laughs> They're like punching trees and shit. <laughs> Thomas said you must be swift as the cores. Dude, I could totally see her scaling a tree with those 100%, fucking weights. 100%. Too. 100%. 
Yeah, because Anya could do it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, basically what it boils down to is dad admits to mother that he took the cup, sold it for hunting goods. I also can't hunt, sorry. So she's all pissed at him. She ends up slapping him in the rain. She kind of like realizes that she struck her husband, which is not very ladylike. And so she like- And not very Christian. So either. she like like kind of like falls backwards in, in her, her own failure. So it's kind of it's kind of inconsequential in the sake that it doesn't really like affect anything because we kind of just make it to mourning. Um, but it does vindicate Thomason of that, mm-hmm. of that accusation. And she even like volunteers to go like bed the goats down and everything and like and mom kisses her go do it you're fine kind of thing mm-hmm. thank you kind of, and she has that there's a mo- there's like a glimpse she has this expression on her face anya does of um like uh, feeling valid in her mother's eyes perhaps for the first time since leaving this town right and definitely the only time in this movie <laughs> right right so she goes and takes care of all that um nothing happens when she does that aside from some more sort of like brooding into the moon and the rain and that kind of yeah. thing Um, but what happens when she turns around is Caleb is back home Mm -hmm. and he's just butt ass naked leaning up against a fence Mm -hmm. and he is shivering and trembling and everything. So they bring him inside now and begin practicing Puritan (laughs) medicine, which (laughs) involves, which which involves carving him to pieces (laughs) to drain the blood, the infected blood. Guys, we don't have nearly enough cocaine to heal him. So, (laughs) (laughs) right. Right. And, and this is actually like in the in the non horror aspect. This is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie, because um, you know we have Williamson comes back or William comes back. Kate and Thompson or uh, Thomason and the two subsequent children that are just left over at this point are now all up in. I guess there was a second story, like an all attic. Along. This yeah. is like this is where I thought their bedroom was too, mm-hmm. and maybe this is in the other building because again, instead of just building multiple right. rooms in one building, you just build multiple buildings. Right, that's how homesteads work. <laughs> I guess it's the stead and homestead. <laughs> Normally, you buy a house or build a house with the necessary rooms for the <laughs> size of the family that you have, but it's neither here nor there. Um, but what I really loved about this scene was when everybody comes up. So obviously, like re- referencing the earlier scenes of this movie where, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy was kind of going through it after losing their uh, youngest brother. And the twins were just kind of like, she loves the devil. She's a witch. Mm-hmm. And like all of this shit. Right. Because we have like the exorcism of Emily Rose happening <laughs> in this fucking room True. right now. And that kid who played Caleb acted his absolute fucking ass off. Like bravo right. to that. A hundred percent. And one thing that I want to point out in this sequence is that Anya or uh, Thomason is very much in the, of the mindset that the twins, because they have been communicating with black Philip and everything mm-hmm. are, in fact, the the force that's or possessed at least, but mm-hmm. at the very least, by the force that's making all these things happen. And so, what's interesting about this when they begin accusing her of of being a witch and practicing witchcraft and things like that it's on like, the family? Is that Black Philip? So, that? well, it's is it Black Philip doing that? But it's also something that in today and age, if somebody accused you of being a witch and practicing black magic, you could just laugh and walk away. <laughs> in this household, in this, so 
in this day and age, in this household, that's the same thing as being like compared to like, uh, you know, a, a mass murderer or right, something like right. that, or accused yeah. of something like that. And there's nothing worse than this, right? And so she's very much on the defensive, but also fearful in her father's eyes mm-hmm. because he's still kind of like the the rock, the man of God, and everything during all this. Caleb begins convulsing. The twins begin convulsing. Mom like tells. Uh, Thomason to like get the fuck back because right. like you're creating more tension or whatever. Caleb vomits up an apple, which is hilarious because he did in <laughs> fact come home with an apple. I, I like to think that that was part of the dialogue between him and yeah. the witch at now one point off screen. Right? Yeah. I just wanted to bring home an apple. Here you go. You know, <laughs> take it back. <laughs> I'm going to show you my tits and then I'm going to put a curse on you. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, Great but Scott. <laughs> but he begins effectively dying, and they he he is reciting shit that he's memorized per his father and mother, presumably, presumably. Um, but he is sort of like released of it he ends up leaning forward and says oh thank you christ thank you kiss me on my lips with your jesus breath and shit like that and it's like it's kind of right so it's just one of those things but then he actually does die after being released of his shit right when we were watching this and i started singing arms of the angel i didn't realize he was actually dead yeah But so actually, since you've seen this movie a handful of times, something that I kind of want to ask you about, because it's something that I don't know if this was something that I'm just trying to look into that I don't understand or if this was just something that was in the movie. Mm -hmm. But what really resonated with me was um, Caleb was talking a lot about uh, using the axe to split the head. Mm -hmm. And then like that was. One of two repeating verses. I can't remember what the mm-hmm. other one was. The broad axe and the narrow axe. The, yes, yeah. the broad axe and the narrow axe. So the only axe that we see in this entire movie is in the hands of William. Mm-hmm. And he so, uses it repeatedly throughout the film as kind of a coping mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's always splitting wood. Mm-hmm. When he when all, when all he fails at literally mm-hmm. everything else at around him. At least I him, have this. <laughs> at least I can split wood, <laughs> right. I guess. Keep my but, family warm. But is yeah. there some sort of symbolism in that that you can see or is that just part of maybe him reaching out to his dad or whatever i think it's a command per the witch to caleb to kill his father i think that's what it is because the interesting the the language is cut off his head right and so there's only one male in this room aside from um Jonas, who's yeah. currently in a convulsing pile in the corner of the room, oh. right? So that was always what my interpretation... I mean, it may be deeper than that, and I'm just scratching the surface on some theme here or something Maybe. like that. But I, I kind of... I kind of, Because what would be the advantage of sending Kayla back to the, to the house, aside right. from to continue to do the bidding of this witch or this entity, right? You know what I mean? It could, it could have just as easily been kill Black Philip, release Lucifer from his bonds or whatever. There, it, it can't... You know, like that... Uh, the Emperor telling like Luke to kill Vader like he is sure. part, part of my shit he's on my team but like kill him and you can ascend and I can use you as my puppet from now or, right. or whatever yeah, right totally. it could be one of those things I just couldn't yeah. tell if it was something that I was trying to look into that's not there yeah. or if there is some form of symbolism that was sure. there that I was missing out and on. I and that's because it stood out to c- me it, do, it does stand out and especially when he's talking about she's upon me she's in she's in my bowels in my stomach
stomach and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. He's he's feeling compulsion to act on her behalf. There's a lasagna in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you can fit so much spaghetti in this virgin. <laughs> so, so that's that's kind of how I always saw it, in, in my opinion anyway, was that okay. he, it, because he was so well-versed in scripture and in his, in his faith, he was able to resist it well enough that he could call upon Christ to mm-hmm. redeem him in that moment. What was interesting to me um, beyond that is that mom believes that because oh, yeah. just because he wasn't baptized, because he didn't do this ritual of baptism, that it doesn't matter how grounded in faith and how intelligently like understanding he was of scripture and what these words mean and what their power is and that kind of thing, that he's in hell too. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's kind of shitty because it's like that that's always been my re- not to get too deep in like religion, but that's always been what my relationship with God has been. I've tried the church thing, I've done youth ministry and that sort of stuff. I constantly run into people within the church that believe that like because of my lifestyle and things like that I can't possibly represent this well enough to be in a position of influence you know and so I was like cool then it's just going to be about me and God because according to the Bible your salvation is ultimately between you and God at the end of the day anyway (laughs) so I'm going to just lean on that and I'll hope for the best when my time comes and that kind of thing and not be a shitty human being in the meantime right yeah so it's incredible how that works (laughs) right so that that it it, like it, it has very little to do with like practicing ritualistic like behaviors and actions and things like that you know so it, it just is what it is um but that was what was so crazy about this scene is now thomason is going on the offensive and she's like mm-hmm. it's them it's the fucking twins that are currently like vibrating in the corner <laughs> you know what i mean they're, they're bringing like, this shit <laughs> <laughs> right, right so she runs out mom is like i've lost another son get the fuck out of here thomason you know she's like okay it's my fault again because i'm a woman in the 1630s and so she runs out the first the front Man, door i picked the worst time to be alive <laughs> <laughs> can i reincarnate can i get a respawn please um and dad runs out and holds her and kind of like is look how pretty this tree is going to be in the spring trying to calm her down and everything talking about shit and she's like and you know what you don't do shit either you let me take the blame for all this shit all the time all you can do is fucking split logs and shit like that you know that those kids talk to that fucking goat and Philip's like, bah, he's like chilling. So the only thing I do want to talk about real quick yeah. while, while we're still in the room right. is when William is talking to Kate before uh, Thomason actually comes in is Kate has this dialogue with William where she's just like, it, I, I'm definitely summarizing this, but mm-hmm. it equates to, yeah, I got my back blown out by Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And he was better yeah. than you. Right. It's the weird. It's it's one I of my favorite. I don't know how I like glossed over that because that's one of my favorite like <laughs> extremes. But she she hits him with that born again Christian shit, and it's funny because somebody that I know turns out recently was divorced by his wife. Who she leave him for Jesus? I have. I have feelings for another man. And oh basi- my god! And basically, basically, the idea that like her pitch this is not real. <laughs> her pitch for that was God wouldn't allow me to feel these feelings for another man if it wasn't meant to be this other man that deserving of my love. So I have to leave you now. And that's one hundred percent what the justification for divorcing this dude oh was. One hundred percent. So I know <laughs> that Christians are capable of shit like this because I seen it. <laughs> that is. It's crazy. I found this out like two (laughs) nights ago, and it's funny that we get to talk about it pretty much immediately, but that's just how this shit works, right? 
I know. I, I, I know. I feel so bad for the dude. And he was better than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so bad for the dude. I feel so bad of for the dude. Of course you feel bad for yeah. the dude. Holy shit. It's horrible. It's horrible. So, like, she's go- Kate's going gangbusters on William. Right. And it's just like, and he handles it like a motherfucking champ. He's like, all right, we'll go back to England then. You know what? He's my favorite character in this movie. Cool. Like, he really, he really fucking is. Like, he took that shit on the chin and was like, listen, I know you're being a woman right now, but we, (laughs) (laughs) but we're trying to figure shit out. Uh Uh-huh. Hormones. I get it. Yeah. 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 We got it. We got it. (laughs) Postpartum from four subsequent kids. Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. So while him and Thomason are like hashing it out outside, he really does have a moment of like emotional eruption where he says, basically he calls her a bitch, grabs her by the neck and pulls her inside and says, tell her mom what you just told me that you believe these twins are being influenced by this fucking goat that's outside, right? And so this is going down for real, <laughs> I guess. We're having this conversation after she's, like, basically performing, like, burial things on her on her sign, like taking organs out and shit like that. I mean, he's on the kitchen table, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Hey, by the way, I think it's these kids we got to kill next because they're dealing with the devil, right? And she's like, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? She kind of has this, like, really, like, whatever attitude. She's like, we are all clearly fucked. Like, all of us are clearly damned here, so who cares, right? Yeah, and it it was just one of those fucking things, man, where, like, at least he did take that stance of, like, you are my daughter. Mm -hmm. I'm down with Jesus. If you're not... Right, you're kind of gonna go to the wolves, but but, but I, we can help you, kind of. But we maybe. can kind of help yeah. you, yeah. Um, so all of that ultimately amounts to him deciding to lock all the children in the goat pen for the night, and he's mm-hmm. gonna like get them out of the house. I don't know why, but we're gonna go inside and we're just gonna have a normal, relaxing fucking evening. In the <laughs> <house>. <laughs> Me and Kate are gonna start working on another son, yeah. and we're. <laughs> And it is what it is. Now, at night, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about, because this is where we kind of get into, like, effectively, like, the climax of the movie. So, at night, the the twins wake up to a, uh, a, a vision, perhaps, or perhaps a literal thing, of the witch mm-hmm. drinking from Flora, who is the milk goat, the not, nanny goat. Not hot anymore. Right. <laughs> not hot anymore, yes. <laughs> uh, she is reverted. I cast disguise self on, <laughs> um, but she is. Uh, she kind of gives a cackle after you know, basically like drinking from the nanny goat, the blood from the nanny goat's udder, and everything. It wakes everybody up. <laughs> Not the nanny goat. Um, and while this is happening, mom begins hallucinating. Uh, she sees Caleb and uh, holding Samuel on the chair across from her in the bedroom, and there's that whole, "Oh, you're alive! That's wonderful." You know, and she's like, and Caleb's like, hey, I got a book for you to sign. <laughs> I need you to sign this permission slip for me that I forgot to give you. <laughs> and she's like, okay, hang on. But Samuel's really hungry. So she begins nursing Samuel. Um, the witch screams outside. It awakens Anya. Anya scream or Thomason scream. She's just Anya. I'm sorry. She's her own character. Uh, that scream wakes um, mom up kind of from her and she's giggling while this sure. crow is pecking at her nipple is like biting at her nipple and that kind of thing which was like a cool callback for the movie and it was so fucking gross to watch because <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm just like oh god I know. oh god mm-hmm. that and- was the first orgasm she's had since Jesus <laughs> 
Jesus fucks me. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. take my cut. <laughs> take it from my legs. And so there. Uh, that, was that was good. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say. Let me cut you off right there. Um, <laughs> Dad wakes up the I next can't morning. Come on, my. <laughs> Dad wakes up the next morning and he's so fucking over it. You can yeah. just see it in his eyes. Um, I think at some point in the evening he had a come to Jesus moment where he was just crying, admitting that he's a fucking failure. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll give my life over, just spare my family kind of at this point. Uh, clearly you're the caretaker. I cannot perform these duties as such. So when he steps outside, the goat shed has been like obliterated and all of the goats bodies everywhere are like torn and that kind of thing. Thomas is just like laying in in a pool of it. (laughs) Fucking goat viscera. Her hands are covered in it. So now the question is, Hmm. But that question doesn't matter (laughs) because he gets fucking impaled by the reverse horn technique of black (laughs) Phillip and gourd. And he grabs the ax, the narrow ax to cut his head off and everything. And then he just gets headbutt back into it. You've made the funniest comment ever. And I want you to take this. Because he gets charged by Philip and gets knocked like back first into his. Uh, oh, yeah. into his fucking. This is now your tomb. Your wood pile. <laughs> your wood pile is now your tomb. Because <laughs> he just spent 30% of this movie cutting wood. Just cutting fucking wood. And I was like, it's I, so funny. I'm so glad that you yeah. spent all this time splitting this Right. Wood. <laughs> right. Because the irony is, if he that wasn't his coping mechanism, I mean, he'd still be dead. Mm, but... It's a shroud of death now at the very worst. Um, so Anya er, Thomason is like screaming and everything, trying to like make sense of it all. Um, Black Phillip retreats, I guess, because we just don't see him ever, you know, for mm-hmm. like the remainder of like when people are alive in this movie. And mom comes out, grabs her by the by the scalp and pulls her and calls her a proud slut for seducing her brother and her dad. Mm-hmm. And begins attempting to beat the shit out of her. And Thomason's like, I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> to the dome. Yeah, and, and that was such a such an incredible moment because there's this mixture that you feel for Thomason throughout this film. 100%. Even as far back as like the beginning prayer that you were talking about for me. Um, and in this scene specifically is it feels like she's still grasping onto what she still believes to be real. Even though I will say, like, I don't believe that Thomason was a part of this the entire time. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I, like, I believe that she was seduced by the dark side. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, I, and I think everyone around her was killed because she was the most susceptible to believing in and being told, especially as a woman. And I think that's part of, like, the narrative for this is, like, I can take your sin yeah. And bring you to a world where there is no sin. There mm-hmm. is just being. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people like her and like the idea of being a witch really comes from. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most powerful, at least ideas, maybe mm-hmm. not message. Cause because it's absolute freedom. It's, yeah. you're, you're free from like eternal torment at this point you can exactly. ma- you can be who you and what you want to be and manifest things in your life that mm-hmm. you desire and you can live deliciously as mm-hmm. it were you know and everything Absolutely. and so yeah and there there's a line in one of my favorite johnny depp movies that most people haven't seen it's called the ninth gate 
and it's it's a great it, movie. It's it's a great it's, movie. That's the one where he's the book collector, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah, seen yeah. that. It's a good movie. And my favorite line in like all of religious horror ethos comes from that, and it was the tagline for the film, and it was, "Would you rather reign in hell or serve in heaven?" Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this plays on. It's the same fucking mm-hmm. idea that Black Phillip is ultimately selling to Thomas. Right. Is like, because what is a God without followers? Mm-hmm. So 100%. this this felt like this is how I'm getting one more. Mm-hmm. This is how. And it's it's about. <laughs> you think about what Lucifer represented. I'm sitting here. I was, saying, I was sitting here like complimenting Satan. Like, but it is one of those things where what he was looking for was quality not quantity sure or maybe both you know <laughs> well but when yeah. you, when you, to your point i understand what you're saying but when yeah. we see the circle at the end it's mm-hmm. not like there's a hundred people there no nah. it's not like going to a joel osteen mm-hmm. show or whatever you <laughs> call those things yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a show yes but very good Yo, yeah. joel osteen's playing mm-hmm. at the fucking <laughs> <laughs> at the annex you want to go down buy some merch get shwasted on Christ. On Christ. <laughs> yeah, whatever. God uh, told me to cheat on you. <laughs> Very uh, good. Yeah. So the film wraps up. Um, Anya is uh, more or less accepting of it. I just killed my mom. My whole family's dead. You know, everything is whatever, right? So she uh, takes off the her bloody clothes, and she sits down and just lay, lays her head on the table, and I guess just goes to sleep. I guess she's just trauma response sometimes you just pass out right um when she wakes up night has fallen and there is uh uh kind of she she gets called into like the next the other building right Mm -hmm. where she carries a torch and she's in her her underwear and and goes in there and you hear her finally admit like can you hear me black philip and she starts conversing with him and everything as she turns to leave what does thou want Okay, which is really important because, like the 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 tagline, if you want to call it that, the the most important line in Satanism is "Do what thou will." Mm-hmm. So it's about seeking your desire and things mm-hmm. like that. And so it's this is the the temptation of it, right? She's yeah. this is her her like her introduction to it. <laughs> the temptation of Thomason. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, he offers her the book. Paradise found. What's interesting to me is that he appears to her in human form as well as in goat form in the form of Black Phillip as well. And then you you see the boots with the he was he was he gave off like pirate vibes. I was saying I I like Edgar's allure to how he Mm -hmm. does things. Mm -hmm. I do wish that we had gotten a full shot of like the character that ultimately like he chooses how he manifests himself that's what i'm saying is like like it's i think what would have been and maybe this is a final thought but like we're at the end of the movie anyways but i was gonna say go ahead yeah but my interpretation of this is if so when you take the concept of god which is what we've been following through most of this movie you have Yahweh, which, uh-huh. like, you can't even say his fucking name, right? Right. You can't gaze upon him. Mm-hmm. You can't You can't fathom what he is supposed to mm-hmm. be, and, like, you would be eradicated otherwise. Because right? of your original born sin sure. and that kind of thing and those so, kind of concepts. So take yeah. that concept right. and be like, what would be the inverse of that is seeing Black, black Phil? Right. 
like it would be one of those things that just kind of transcends it would itself. be easy and perhaps seductive even if it's like yeah. over the shoulder yeah, like yeah, something yeah. that's yeah. like you're saying it's seductive yeah, it's yeah. elusive i can't it's, take my eyes off you kind yeah, of thing yeah exactly and that that's what i was going to say earlier about you think about what lucifer represents was a he was a proud angel that rec- mm. he was the most beautiful of all of them mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and he he would have used that as a as a as a tool you know yeah. to to gain followers and shit like that right um, and we have that line, um, dost thou desire the taste of, of butter, a pretty dress? Does thou wish to live deliciously? Which in my opinion yeah. was the horror line of 2015 oh, was totally. the most significant, most important. And that's what I'm saying. It was, that was, that was quoted by everyone for, uh, for years to follow. So to this day, people quote that shit. You know what I mean? And it was such a heavy hitting line because it was she finally like surrenders her faith and decides I've I've been living in as a, as a servant my entire life as a slave and it's time for me to get mine kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he leads her out into the woods where there's a coven doing a seance or I don't know the technical term for it some kind of yeah. some kind of it's manifestation just a ritual, ritual is right? What I would what I would assume. And he she sees the other witches and the so the fact that there were multiple was really significant to mm-hmm. me too because that that sort of like justifies how these things are happening simultaneously at throughout the movie. It's not just one person that's causing all these things to happen it's a whole coven of witches that live in these woods that are doing these things right Mm -hmm. and she sort of as they ascend on their broomsticks which was a fucking crazy shot that was it was so goya to me it was it was so like classic art Mm kind of shit to me um and she ascends while laughing and smiling and things like that Mm -hmm. so she is accepted and is now a part of this right so it turns out that she is the witch at Mm -hmm. the end of the day and like the title card runs and directed by robert eggers and that's the movie Mm -hmm. so second time watching it for you is that right uh it's it's ultimately is this like the first time ultimately it's the first time i've watched this movie okay so what did you think overall Overall, I I actually really liked this movie. I don't think I liked it as much as a lot of other people did, mm-hmm. but I do think that there were a lot of elements. Uh, the cinematography was gorgeous and crisp. The score was great, and the sound effects were 100% necessary when they needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, the acting was really good, although I was kind of lost in some of the accents at times. Um, but I, I felt like this was a movie that kind of needed to happen because mm-hmm. we hadn't had a folklore movie like this in quite some in time. a while. Yeah. Because the last one we watched that was similar to this, uh, and obviously, you know, you had seen this movie way before I had watched it ultimately, but like we had Antrim mm-hmm. and that was just kind of like, I don't understand why people like this film. Antrim hit more like a mockumentary. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Think, I think it hit more like a piece of shit. Yeah. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I I really enjoyed Anya in this. I still think I preferred her in the menu. I think she just was a better character. 100%. Um, I completely agree with that. And I always have reservations on movies that are... I know everybody uses the word campy for like silly and fun, but like I genuinely use it for like we, we've made base camp. And that's the equivalence of this movie is like, Mm -hmm. we have made base camp. We're here. That's all that's going to be happening for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And I think that's really hard. And I think that a 24 was trying to push through a movie on a budget. 
Um, and, and the only thing that I will say about Edgar's, and we talked about this earlier about how he, what he finds scary is like mm-hmm. somebody going on the investigation. And I feel like this falls short in a lot of movies. And for a lot of our listeners, you probably already know that I'm a person that really doesn't watch the center of the screen. I don't watch sure, the focus. Yeah. And the way Edgar shoots things and wants his, his DP to make the footage it feels like there should be more reward for people who don't Mm -hmm. like it didn't even have to be like the first scene where sam gets taken Mm -hmm. but just something of like something in the background yeah and the fact that that never happens right is weird is weird to me and i can tell you as somebody who's seen everything that he's ever made that that's just not his style you're you're never going to get that feeling with anything that he does he tells linear stories because he's very much rooted in things like folklore and classic literature and shit like that because that's what he found scary growing up right and um especially you'll get it yeah, I think I think probably his best film is The Northman, and sure. that 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 doesn't even flirt with horror. I mean, it's the same kind of bleak vibes that The Witch has, weather and lighting wise, and that kind of thing. But it's closer to like Beowulf or something like that than it sure. is a horror story. Oh, absolutely! So it's like if you found Beowulf scary with like Grendel lurking in the mountains and shit like that, you, you may find The Northman <laughs> like unsettling or whatever. But it's never meant to really be that. Again, it's just suspension of, uh, or I'm uh, not suspension, but just suspense and things like yeah. that. Um. And I, I think those are a hundred percent valid points for sure. Cause yeah. I, I think that that's just ultimately what it is. Um, I, we don't rate movies anymore, but like this one, I think IMDB has pretty close to what, yeah, it, to what it should be. You know, if, if y'all want to do that on your yeah, own and go look yeah. at what that is on IMDB and everything, I think that that's pretty fair. Um, what I took away from it was one of the things that I, I haven't really even like given much thought to except and, until just now is how you were talking about like sound design in movies and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's one of the things I'm trying to learn how to listen and sound design and things like that because sound design has always been so straightforward to me. It's like sure. this is the tone that they're trying to set and that kind of thing. But it does give you subliminal links to the like what's happening in the story right. in this case because um, specifically the sequence where Caleb is uh, alone in the woods and he comes across the witch's hut and everything mm-hmm. and he hears multiple witches in the sound design kind of chanting and singing mm-hmm. and that kind of thing it's very clear in that moment that this is meant to be like like ramping up the suspense but it also straight up tells you that there are multiple witches right. that are making this shit go down you right. know what i mean and so stuff like that is really creative um i've kind of said everything that i want to say about this movie I, like i said everybody should watch this but i can't like I can't think of a more devastatingly like well shot, well acted, well written movie yeah. to be a directorial and writer debut. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no wonder that A twenty four picked it up because it's in that artsy fartsy shit that they really <laughs> love, like category and that kind. Of, there's nothing wrong with that. I love shit like that, but it, it that does and the three locations. It does right. It does, it does. It does have that minimalist vibe, that minimalist storytelling vibe that they seem to really like from from filmmakers that they pick up to yeah. be a part of their shit. Um. And uh, all that I will say is this is not going to be the last Eggers film that we do for Eric Month. So since he Can only confirm. since he only has three movies, we just did one, and I already said we're not doing The Northman. I'm sure anybody <laughs> that's listening can pretty much pick up on what the last one we're going to do is. That'll be our week three film. Um, we are going to do uh, Annihilation next mm-hmm. week. Natalie Portman's Annihilation. I think that one's going to be one that you Eric had me yeah. at Natalie Portman. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's it for Eric Month Week 1. Any Anything else you want to add there? Eric Month! Eric Month! <laughs>
Thank you guys for joining us. We're at Creeks and Cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night.